I was going to ruin it with a joke. I have a really good mother's joke, and I'll save it for another time. Um, but I want to thank you guys. Um, you know, we, we have a wonderful congregation, obviously, and, and I was blessed to be able to take a little time last weekend, and Sherry and I were able to, to have a little time by ourselves. And, and um, thank you guys for that graciousness of, of allowing that mark for covering things for you guys for all that uh, that goes on with just being a part of this church. You're, it's truly a blessing for us to uh, to be here, and and people don't understand that often. Oh, you have to drive two hours to go to the lake. Yeah, but you don't understand. This is a second home. I mean, this is um, it's yeah. It's just I can't I can't tell you how blessed we are to to have you guys in this church in our lives, and and you really realize it when you miss a week because. I am out of sync because there is a routineness to my day that I probably should take a pill for that too. Um, there's a routineness to my life of, of when I work on things and we have the Wednesday night Bible study and the Sunday morning Bible study and the, and the Sunday service. And I'm blessed because the things that keep me busy, keep me focused and centered on God. How many times are the things that keep us busy might even distract us from God. And I'm so blessed. And when I had some time off, I was like, I didn't miss God because God was there, but I missed the, the intentional focus. And so I'm so glad to be back. We're so glad to be back. Anyway, this morning, um, our moms, you know, dads are, or I don't know if the dads are the wise one. We've got our own class of jokes now, dad jokes. I got a book of them. I'll share that another time as well. But our moms have some kernels of wisdom packed in their momisms or their mom expressions or whatever you want to call them. And I, I found this list of 25 things that all moms say sooner or later. See if any of these, um, you know, if they they ring true. And they put them in three categories, illogical, sarcastic, and threatening. (laughs) Illogical. Don't look at me with those eyes, right? Or that tone of voice, I would say. Children are to be seen, not heard. If you keep making that face, it'll freeze that way. Anybody heard that one? If you want to act like a child, I'll treat you like one. Yeah, Quiet down, I can't even hear myself think. One day you'll thank me. Because I said so, that's why. And that comes in a tone of voice that no guy could ever, ever master. Then there's this logical. As long as you are under my roof, you will live by my rules. Fair enough. God gave you a brain, now use it. Ask a stupid question, get a stupid answer. How about sarcasm? Are your legs broken? If all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you? Anybody hear that? Oh, Jen's mom lets her do blank? Fine, go live with Jen's mom. I'll help you pack. (laughs) Shut the door. Were you born in a barn, right? Yeah. Your room looks like a, a tornado hit it. Talking to you is like talking to a brick wall. Let's play the quiet game. Everyone, let's lay your ears back and play shut mouth. Anybody hear that one? Yeah, me either. Um, someone better be bleeding. All right? Yeah. Where are your manners? Were you raised by wolves? And then how about these? I'm not asking, I'm telling. And I'm not going to, I can't do this in the scary mom voice. When you have kids, I hope they act just like you. Don't use that tone of voice with me. Stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Now, dad, share that one but not with the level of authority that a mom can do. You better wipe that look off your face. And then there's this whole category of do not make me tell you again. Do not make me come back there. Do not make me turn this car around. Also a dad one. 
There's one that's, that's not on the list you probably relate to, and it's, you don't need blank. You want blank. And I admit, I've, I've tried this as an adult with Sherry, and with mixed results. I found a couple things. Now, I'm going to give them some insight, and you'll be gracious. Glad that it is. I found that I have much better success if she's already had her cup of coffee. You tell me if I'm wrong on any of these. I'm rubbing her back with one hand and brushing her hair with the other. Right? Right? As I plead my case. Mixed results, but it always makes her happy. So all jokes aside, you know, what is it that we truly need? And how do we get these things? Now, God is our provider. Okay? That's scriptural. We know that true. God is our provider, and he promises to provide for all the things we need. Several months ago, this is back in January, exactly, had to be exact, and I shared a message titled, He Knows Yours, Do You Know His? And we looked at the many names of God. It was Jehovah this and Jehovah that, and, and there was all these, these names that in Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic, the, the languages of the Bible, sp- spoke the name of God in these different ways. And in this message, there was one, Jehovah Jireh. And it means the Lord who provides. And in Genesis, the very beginning of the Bible, it really is the very beginning of the story of us. And, and Jehovah Jireh, which is our God, has been known as the provider since the beginning. It's actually Genesis 22 when the term Jehovah Jireh is first used. And all throughout Psalms, praises for Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. See, God knows what you need even if you do not. Matthew 6, 8 includes these comforting words. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Matthew 6, 26 through 27. In fact, if you were to continue reading in chapter 6, you'll find that Matthew warns us not to worry about such these things. And we studied this on Wednesday night. It says your heavenly father knows what you need. And he continued by adding these words. He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things, right? These things you need will be given to you as well. And he says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. And in chapter seven, he shares, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would give him a snake? If you, even though you are evil, and that's a harsh word, but he's saying we aren't nearly as good as God. If we would, not, if we would give good gifts to our children and we know how to do that, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And there's the Apostle Paul who says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in the glory of Jesus Christ. And I'm confident that if you look back on your life, you can see how God has kept his promise to be your provider. Therefore, you can share the sentiments of the Israelites. This is back in Deuteronomy 2.7, right? They're wandering this wilderness. And he says, for the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He knows you're going through this great wilderness, this season, right, of, of emptiness sometimes that we find ourselves in. He says, these 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you. You have lacked nothing. One of the first messages that appear on our podcast is called Thanks for Nothing. And it was a little bit of an ironic title because sometimes when there's nothing going on, especially if we're parents, like, ah, oh, no one's hurt, no one's sick, you know. The science fair project's done, whatever it may be. Be thankful for the basic provisions, the, the needs we have. Those are blessings in themselves. But scripture says it's okay to ask for what you want. There's this thing called the prayer of Jabez. Maybe you've heard that. And it's found in 1 Chronicles 4.10. And it says, Jabez, this man cried out to the God of Israel. says, 
Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hands be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. It's okay to ask him for what you want. But when you do, you need to trust in his answer and more importantly, trust in his timing. God's timing, you know, this is from 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9. He says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God has a great plan in store for you. Don't rush him. Don't get ahead of him for the sake of something you think might be great because there's a good chance that he's got something better. I've told you this before in my own life. Some of the best blessings I have now were because of unanswered or delayed prayers earlier in my life. Some of the very things I was praying against brought me to where I am now. Remember that just like the Israelites and look back and say, he has been with me, he has kept his promise even in that wilderness season. Lamentations says, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Now waiting quietly for the Lord doesn't mean you do nothing. There's an active posture. You may be called to do something, but okay, we've got softball players in the room, front and back rows, right? What do you do when you're in that, when you're an outfield player? Okay, all right. Well, even more important that you're ready, right? But I remember, you know, the girls in the outfield like this, and then when they were younger, they were like, gloved down the ground. They were ready. They didn't know where the ball was going. They were actively ready. That's what he's calling us to do. And he says, wait patiently, he said, Be ready and find contentment and trust in God. Or actually, if you trust in God, you will find your contentment. It's Jeremiah 29, 11 through 12 that you guys could say this, right, from memory. For I know the plans I have for you, right? Plans to prosper you. God has good plans for us. Be ready. Wait patiently. Trust in him. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Another translation says, will direct your path. Next week, we're going to talk about this a little more. Uh, the titles, I'm pretty proud of it, but it's Faith, Hope, and Pac-Man. And there is, an, a, there is a relation and it's going to be on the board and maybe we'll see what people do. That ought to bring kids in. Now, kids don't know what Pac-Man is, do they? There's a little game and you eat dots, right? <laughs> Faith, Hope, and Pac-Man, Okay. Anyway, it's Mother's Day. And speaking of Mother's sayings, when someone gives you something, what do they do? You know, so it's always like, if they, someone gave me something, now Tyler, what do you say? Thank, Thank you. you. And your mother was teaching you to appreciate what you were given. And what happens if you aren't grateful or act like you want or deserve something more or different? You got, at the very minimum, you got that look, maybe that tone, you know, came some of those earlier sayings. And, 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 and it was that look, a disappointing look, you know, because it's, if someone's being gracious to you, you appreciate it. And you don't ask for more. You don't act disappointed. You're, you're gracious. And we know that look, right? We know that look. I'm trying to see. Some people have work, like a fear, like you actually remember that look. And it's kind of 
coming back. But Jesus gave us permission to ask for anything in his name. That's scriptural. And we ask for something that we should, when we ask for something we should not because it's not necessary or it's not Christ-like, right? Or I might even say it's just plain evil. And that sounds extreme, but I'll elaborate. I wonder if he gives us that look of disappointment that said, no, I asked, told you to ask and I told you to say thank you. And you're asking like you want more or something different than, than you want or should have. Did you realize that there's certain things that we say or ask for because we say it in Jesus' name that carries a lot of weight and it, and it should carry some reverence and a careless mind and a sharp tongue don't miss that. And, and we exclaim, and I can say it because I'm going to fix it here, but I'm going to say, Jesus Christ, right? right? But we, that should be a positive. Jesus Christ, I love you. Who's your savior? Jesus Christ. But sometimes we drop things on our toe and we pray to God, but forget everything but the name, right? Because we say that out of anger frustration and that is using his name in vain. That's the third commandment. Don't use the Lord's name in vain. When you say, darn it, but not darn it, or worse, darn you, or gosh darn you, I'm trying to clean it up. You're speaking a curse over someone. Have you ever thought of that? Have you ever thought that that's what you're doing? When you're saying, damn that, you're, saying, you're telling God to stop blessing. That's not Christ-like. That's not what Jesus called us to ask us to do. And again, you're just compounding the sin by taking the Lord's name in vain and acting contrary to this wonderful grace of Jesus that says, ask for anything in my name. That is my gift to you. And we know that we're to love everyone. Scripture even tells us to pray for our enemies. That's Matthew 5, 43. You know, this is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, you have heard it said, love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And that's tough sometimes. If we're being honest, we're not very good at doing that all the time. To love our enemies. To love anyone that, that doesn't love us or, or someone that we feel has wronged us or we feel has done something against us. It's hard to love those people, but we're called to do it. We're called to pray for them. And we're being very contrary to God's instruction when we curse them by saying things like, if they're going to drive like that, I hope they wreck. That's a horrible thing to say. Digress. When your mother taught you to be appreciative for, for what you are given. She was teaching you this important concept of focusing on the provider and not the provisions. To focus on the creator, the one who gives, not what it is you're getting and whether you deserve more or less or anything different. Thank you, God. This is our prayer for, be, for your loving kindness and your generous nature. That's our prayer. That does not mean you can't be specific. Lord, I thank you for my job, right? I thank you for my home, for my health, for my finances that allow us to do things. But we start with the thank you because we are grateful for who he is even more than what, for what he has done. And when we don't do this, we fall in the trap of being so focused on what that we overlook the who. And when we start to think about it, at least subconsciously, God must love me because I have stuff. Anybody get in that trap? Or if something's gone wrong, God, God must be mad at me. Right? And we may even get our value and worth from the stuff and start thinking that God loves me more than so-and-so because I have more stuff, a bigger house. Or we may think that so-and-so is a better person because they have a better job or everything seems to go that way. Right? We do that. 
But remember, your value comes from one place and one place alone, and that's him. That's him. Nothing you have, nothing you've lost, nothing you need or desire will ever change that. In fact, scripture clearly says you were created in his own image, okay? God loves you enough that he made you like him. And he loved you first. And he loved you forever and without condition. And he considers you his child with all the wonderful things that a child and parent relationship include. So much that he sent his son to save you, not to condemn you, but to give you a path to spend an eternity with him. You are loved, you are valued, and doesn't that feel good? Now, I'm not saying all this because I, this is what I think. I mean, these are scriptural, and I'd be happy to send you the scriptural where I get all this from. This is God's promise found in this book. God doesn't lie. So when he says you were created in, in his image, when he says he loved you and he sent his son and he wants a relationship with you, that's the God's honest truth. So the proper thing to do to, to see yourself as, and others as God sees you and as God sees them. And I shared a message titled Reflected in Truth where we went deeper into this. This message along with a whole bunch of others is still on the podcast. But if you're feeling a little nudging about any of this stuff, little discomfort or, or maybe even a little bit of, of pride when I speak about some of this stuff, then maybe there's something in that message you need to hear again. But today's Mother's Day. We thank God, the provider, for providing us with life, for providing us with a mother. We thank him for providing us with a mother who gave birth to us and, and whether or not you think that the, the provisions that you received from her, what you wanted or, or enough, you should focus on who she is and the way that God sees her. I'm blessed to have an amazing mother. That's probably why that song got to me a little bit. And, and she in true partnership with, with my father have worked diligently to make sure that my two brothers and I have always know that we are loved. Not just by them, but by God as well. And I am blessed to have two parents who work diligently to model that way to my brothers and I, and also my children, and, and how they should treat their spouses and their family and, and our friends, okay? And even those that we don't count as friends. And I don't do as good of a job as they would like me to do. But I'm blessed in that way. Maybe you can count your mother as a blessing in that same way. And maybe you don't. Maybe you should. And maybe you can't because your mother wasn't quite the person that God created her to be or, or that you need or want her to be. Maybe you have no relationship with your mother at all. So what do you do with this? You pray to God and you thank him for what he has done and you pray for your mother. You pray for all mothers, just like we did this morning. It is a great act of service to ask God to bless another person. It is an even greater act of love to foster the relationship to the Lord. And if she did not lead you to him, maybe it's your turn to lead her to him. Did I say that right? Thank you. If, you, if she did not lead you to him, then maybe it's your turn to lead her to him. And there's a lot to consider here. And, and perhaps there's some healing and reconciliation that needs to take place. Maybe not. Maybe you are in a wonderful place and God bless you. Thank you, God, for that. But if that's true, that there needs to be something to take place, I want to pray with you about it. Maybe you need to sit down and, and seek God in this situation. And if I can 
help you in this way or in any other way, I want to hear from you. Let's not wait another moment to ask God to help you experience the fullness of this life and the abundance of his love and kindness for you in it. That is what he desires for you. God delights in your joy. God is our provider, the provider of everything we have, everything we hope for, and the hope itself that we have. God has provided. And the most important of these is what the Apostle Peter describes in 2 Peter 1.3 is seeing that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him and called us by him or by his own glory and excellence. That is the greatest thing this provides is his hope and the tools in his son. And I like to either do a risky prayer. That's one of those prayers we put out there that says, okay, God, I want you to do this. I know there's gonna be some strength of growing on my side. But, but this time I'm just gonna be a challenge. I've got two challenges for us. It's Mother's Day. So beginning today, focus on who she is and who, who she is to God and not what she has done I want you to express an appreciation for her in a way that has this kind of reverence and purity. Love your mother, honor your mother. And beginning today, give God your first five. The very first thought in your mind when you wake up each day should be on God because your day has not begun yet. You may have less tendency to do what we all do when we pray before bed. We thank him for the wonderful things of the day and that's a good and wonderful thing. We laid in bed and we said, thank you, God, for the wonderful sunshine yesterday, the warm temperatures that we got to work outside with our hands, that we had the strength to do it, right? But in the morning, when you give God your first five, the day hasn't started yet. So your focus is more on him, the provider. God, thank you for the air in my lungs that you provided, the strength and the fact that I get to wake up this morning and enjoy this life. That's the song of praise that we sang at the beginning of the service. It's your breath in my lungs, so I will sing out with praise. Now I want to conclude with a benediction written by the Apostle Paul. It's going to be found in Philippians 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Then he continues, he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Father God, we call you Father God, but the wonderful things about our mothers are reflections of your character, the loving kindness, the gentleness, the compassion, the unconditional love that a mother has for their child. And God, you command us to love and appreciate and respect our mothers. Will you command us to love and appreciate, respect women, the mothers of others, the, the mothers who have made the, the conscious decision to adopt to marry someone and take under their own care their stepchildren as their own. Lord, there are, there are many people in the world who have 
don't have their own children, and we know women like this, that are the motherly type, that are the, the block moms, the room parents, the nice lady down the street that loves children. God, we thank you for this kind of care and compassion and love and, and all that that you put in their hearts. We thank you for our moms. We love them and we love you. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful place to gather for all those who have met in the 40 plus years before us that have contributed to build it, to finance it, to give us a wonderful, safe, clean, amazing, comfortable place to seek you. This truly is a sanctuary, but we know our mission doesn't start outside these walls. It doesn't start when we leave in the parking lot. It starts right here in these very seats. This is ground zero for the work you have us to do. Let us never miss an opportunity to welcome, to invite, to care for, to serve, love, whatever it takes, God, to be like you. We give you our hearts and our lives. Amen.